Now we turn to the Kentucky Standard for News in Bardstown and Nelson County. Your reader today is Brian Hunt. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. We will begin with the edition dated June 14th. Hundreds participate in Walk with the Eucharist. The skies drew dark with threat of storms, but even despite some wind and raindrops, the turnout for Sunday's feast of Corpus Christi processional through downtown Bardstown wildly exceeded expectations, and the local Catholic churches are hopeful it will turn into an annual event. I was pleased and surprised by the turnout event organizer Andrew Salzman said, We had close to 350 show, and we expected closer to 150 or 200. That was a pleasant surprise for Father Terry Bradshaw of St. Joseph Proto Cathedral. He said he and priests and parishioners from other area Catholic churches welcomed the occasion occasion for a public display of one of the most important pillars of Catholicism, the honoring of the sacrament of the communion of bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. For me, one of the greatest things God has done for us was to come to the earth in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, Bradshaw said. This sacrament continues to demonstrate God's love for us by being with us. He's right here. He's present in a concrete way so he can live in us. That was inspiring for Olivia Seeger, who helped organize the procession with Salzman. It was such a beautiful moment to see so many Catholics across ten different parishes gather together to show our mutual love for God and one another, she said. I had never seen Catholics in this region come together like that before on such a large scale. Since we've never done anything like this in several decades, we did not know what the outcome would be. It was very exciting and awe-inspiring to see the entire church full for the celebration. It was confirmation to us by God that this is what we're supposed to be doing and that people are really hungry for it. About 300 went for the processional walk, while dozens of others remained behind St. Joe, praying with and for those making the route downtown. Salzman also likened the event to the revivals that continued on for weeks at Asbury University in Jasmine County, and he saw that same hunger. I think events like this in the recent revival at Asbury illustrate a hunger for deeper meaning that transcends our individual self, he said. I was told by many in attendance that some prisoners from various parishes were not in attendance out of fear of a potential last-minute cancellation. Had the forecast been better, I think we could have filled the cathedral. Surrounded by servers and his fellow priest, Bradshaw, under the cover of a tent, displayed the monstrous, a golden vessel used to hold the consecrated Eucharistic host, leading a long procession featuring the faithful, many of whom carried flags and banners of their home parishes. 
It's a revival, a renewal of that very ancient practice in our church, Bradshaw said. He remembered as a child participating in the Feast of Corpus Christi processions held at the Loretto Mother House and also joined last year's walk in Louisville. The Sisters of Charity Nazareth Campus also hosts a processional for the feast each year on June 11, but it tends to be a much smaller gathering. We had some bumps and will definitely make changes in the coming years, Saltzman said, of making it a yearly event for downtown Bardstown. Yet, this was an excellent start to the parish phase of the USCCB's Eucharistic Revival taking place across the country. That gathering will feature nationwide processions coming out of the various regions of the United States, with all of them descending upon Indianapolis for the Eucharistic Revival. The southern route will pass through Nelson County on US 31E on its way to Louisville and then Indianapolis. Afterwards, many people approached me to encourage us to organize it every year, Seeger said. Several people even volunteered to help next time. Hopefully, we can lead people to join the larger natural, national Eucharistic procession next year. The national procession will pass close by us on its way to Indianapolis. After that, we would love to process through Bardstown every year. Next, 20th Bourbon City Street Concert Packs Downtown. Caleb Cecil remembers the first time he ever attended the Bourbon City Street Concert. He was 10. I was ate up with music, so I remember just loving the atmosphere and how our downtown street would come alive, he said, never dreaming I'd get to be one of those folks screaming into the mic one day. But he has several times now, including Saturday night's 20th anniversary concert, which event organizers estimate saw about 9,000 people make their way to the first two blocks of North 3rd Street. Playing in front of crowds like that can help aspiring musicians grow in their craft, much like Cecil has since he first started showing up at the local bars with his guitar in hand. It's beyond cool to have an event like this in our hometown that puts local artists in front of thousands of people, he said. I'm just beyond blessed that they have asked me to be a part of it over the years. Cecil was a part of a bill that also featured the Louisville band All That, a regional band by way of San Diego, Casey and Romy, and headliner Noah Thompson from Louisa in eastern Kentucky. Thompson is a recent American Idol winner, and Randy Mouser, director of the Bardstown Main Street program, felt like he helped the crowd swell to new levels. I feel like having Noah Thompson here. A lot of the crowd was brought out because of him, Mouser said. It definitely has grown this year, and this being our 20th anniversary, that's what we wanted. This year's installment went on a little longer than most years, with the downtown streets being blocked off early in the morning to make way for the arrival of the Whiskey City Cruisers showing off dozens of classic cars 
as well as cornhole tournament, sidewalk sales at the downtown shops, and food vendors doing business from 11 a.m. on. Some food vendors ran out of items to sell and had to go shopping for more, like what Steve Gray, Stevie Gray of Backroads Cooking had to do. Rodney Downs with Uncle Spoonie said they didn't run out of food, but that we did good. It was a big crowd. <clears throat> Mouser said she thinks another aspect of the big turnout is that it is one of the first big events of the summer, as well as the milder weather than what is usually found for the concert. That was in spite of Saturday being a busy day all around Nelson County with the Wine and Cheese Festival going on, as well Thomas the Train's visit to the Kentucky Railway Museum in New Haven, events in New Hope and at the Nelson County Fairgrounds, as well as a concert at the Amp at Log Still, also competed for attendees. I think the community plays a big part, Mouser said. That's what we do uh, is for the locals in our community. She reported no issues with putting on the show, and now Mouser and her team will go back to the drawing board and start planning for next year's event. She made sure to thank all the event sponsors, including 10-year title sponsors, Wes Banco and Jim Bean. Next. Rotary's Wine and Cheese Tasting Delights Guests For the last 47 years, the Bardstown Rotary Club has brought together community members from across the county for its annual wine and cheese tasting. Last Saturday, more than 200 people arrived for a beautiful afternoon tasting in the My Old Kentucky Home Rotunda to scores of praises for this year's event. This year's event showcased 40 wines from classic reds and summer whites to chardonnays and sparkling wines. There is a bit of something special for everyone. There was also a selection of four international wines at this year's tasting, including Goru Gold Red Blend from Spain and Moseland Vitus Riesling from Germany. For many Bardstown and Nelson County residents, the wine tasting has become an annual tradition to dress to the nines and reconnect with companions in their community. This year's event marks their first time attending the event for Paula Bird, who said she plans on making the occasion a permanent part of her calendar next summer. This is my first year and I'm loving it, Bert said. I feel like I'm in Bridgerton, but it has been so much fun. A friend invited me and I'm meeting so many amazing people. Katie Watts said over the last 40 years, she has attended nearly every single wine tasting from Bardstown Rotary. Watts said her father loved to come to the annual event as well, even buying multiple items in the auction such as signed basketballs and bourbon. This tradition was something she passed along to her daughter, Maddie Watts, who now attends the events each year with her mom. I love the different types of wine, but I am a Chardonnay person, Katie said. I'm an anti-butter Chardonnay, so I love that there's different types. It's just a good way to get out and see everybody, meet new people. 
I've lived out of town for the last 15 years, but I always come back for this. Rotary President Tara Filiatro said she believes this year's event was another rousing success for the organization. Despite taking place on the same night as another big event in Bardstown, Filiatro said they have received nothing but positive feedback. When six o'clock rolls around and people start coming down the walkway there, you just kind of sit back and look at everything and just kind of revel in the glory of it all, Filiatro said about Saturday's event. She added they had Rotarians from neighboring clubs attending Saturday's wine tasting to check out the event and make connections in Bardstown. I've seen a lot of smiling faces, she said, walking around Saturday. I got to speak to a lot of people that have been there before and then people that have not been there before. It was their first time. I think everybody was really enjoying themselves and enjoying the event. In addition to all the fun of the wine tasting, Philly Throw said the event wouldn't have been made possible without their sponsors. However, she wanted to extend a big thank you to Manoj Patel, who provided transportation to and from the Judicial Center to my old Kentucky home with his trolley during the event. Looking ahead, Philly Tro said they have already started taking steps to begin next year's wine and cheese tasting. She laughed, adding they didn't want to double book themselves again next year as they had members at both the tasting and the Bourbon City Street concert and didn't want to pull the community away from businesses or other events. We don't want to put them in a bind to feel like they have to choose to go to events or things that they normally like to go to, she said. Just making sure we are not double booking ourselves and everything just went so smoothly and so well that I don't know what we would change a whole lot. Next. Stephen Foster's story set to open this weekend. Since 1959, the Stephen Foster story has brought to life to share the story and music of the show's namesake for Nelson County natives and travelers from afar. For 64 years, the show has been a plethora of, has seen a plethora of changes and additions, with this year's run being no exception. Bronson Murphy will be taking the reins as director this season for the drama. Murphy has a long history with the production, even playing the titular role in 2012 and 2013. In 2020, when Broadway was shut down, he began working, he began working with the drama. For the last three seasons, the Kentucky native has played an integral role in the production, serving as co-director last season and creating the Songs of Stephen Foster in 2021. He has some really interesting changes and he's incorporated a new song and brought back a couple of songs that we haven't heard in a while, artistic director Johnny Warren said. It's going to be a great summer to see the so this Stephen Foster story with his influence. But this season's production, Maggie By My Side, will join the show as a new song. Warren said information from the show has been passed down through word of mouth to all of their archives 
and to the best of their knowledge, Maggie by my side has never been in a production of the show. The tune that is being added for the first time is in place of a song that we used almost every year, Warren added. It's going to be exciting, especially for those who have seen the show. It's going to be a nice surprise for them. Stephen Foster wrote over 200 songs in his short life, so we have a lot of music to pull from. The 2023 season cast of the beloved production has 56 members, one of the largest cast in the last several years, Warren said. The large cast can be attributed to the addition of the Robinson Six, a family of six siblings that sing and perform together. He said they had the opportunity to cast all to perform together in both the Stephen Foster story and their production of Cinderella in July. Holden Matheson and Mary Grace Rapier will be reprising their roles for a third year as Stephen Foster and Jane McDowell in the drama. Rapier, a Bardstown native, has a history with the drama starring in Annie in 2008. Donna Phillips, one of the production assistant directors, will be playing Livy Pies, while Joe Akins will be played by Jordan Owens. Another cast member returning for a third year is Sadiq Ibn Mohammed as Martin Delaney. The cast is a wonderful mix of both local and regional people, he said. Some are music teachers or retired music teachers. Some have day jobs that have nothing to do with the arts, but they love participating. When we bring them together, we have this incredible combination of people who make Kentucky their home and people who are making Kentucky their home for just this summer. They also have so many veteran cast members, some of whom have been in the show for nearly 40 years. It creates this wonderful community of people from all different backgrounds coming together around music, which essentially is what Stephen Foster wrote about. This Saturday, the J. Dan Talbot Amphitheater will open its doors for the 64th season of the Stephen Foster Story, which plays Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays at 8 p.m. from June 17th until August 12th. For opening weekend, Warren said they will be hosting a reception prior to the show at 6.30 p.m. with refreshments, cocktails, meet and greets with the cast and music from Punchin Creek. On Friday night will be the dress rehearsal called Lights Up, a production catered to children and adults with special needs. Activities begin at 6.30 p.m. and the show starts at 8 p.m. The Stephen Foster story really is a show and experience that has something for everyone, Warren said. We often see people coming into the show who think shows really aren't my thing and they are leaving with big smiles on their faces, saying, I had no idea how cool this was. There's something for everyone. To purchase tickets online or more information on the Stephen Foster story, visit www.stephenfoster.com. Next. Rural Nelson Roads get facelifts. Several of Nelson County roads will be getting a facelift in the upcoming months 
as a part of the rural secondary program. While at last Tuesday's Nelson County Fiscal Court Kentucky Transportation Cabinet Engineers gave updates of upcoming projects across the country. Rural Nelson County backroads will see updates and fresh pavement through the program. This initiative is funded by 22% of the motor fuel tax receipts with amounts allocated to all 120 counties based on a five-point formula, one-fifth equally among counties, one-fifth based on rural population, one-fifth on road miles, and two-fifths on land area. For Nelson County, there are five top priorities recommended for improvements with the program. The number one priority in general, overall routine maintenance and traffic for rural and secondary roads. This is estimated to cost approximately $646,700. The next four priorities include asphalt resurfacing for more than 8.5 miles of roads. The latter four priorities are Route Kentucky 458 from the Washington County line to US 62, Route Kentucky 3207 on Kentucky 509 to Kentucky 523, Route Kentucky 2738, 0.65 miles east of Kentucky 55 to US 62 and route Kentucky 2739 on Kentucky 509 to the Cox's Creek Bridge. With the addition of the four asphalt resurfacing priorities, the overall projected cost of the rural secondary program in Nelson County is more than 1.4 million. Chris Jesse, public information officer for the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet District 4 said these are to be completed either fall 2023 or spring and summer 2024 based on contractor workload. In addition to the Rural Secondary Program, Chief District 4 Engineer Brad Bottoms also gave brief updates on a variety of upcoming projects that will be happening throughout Nelson County. As of Tuesday, contractors and utility representatives are meeting in regard to the upcoming roundabout at the cross-section of West Stephen Foster Avenue, U.S. 62, and Cathedral Manor, U.S. 31 East. The project currently has a few utility conflicts, which has its construction start date up in the air. Bottom shared a brief update on the Western Kentucky or Western Bypass Project, Boston Road, US 62, just west of the Withrow Creek Bridge to Kentucky 245 across from Wilson Parkway, is predicted to be put out for bid in winter 2023 with construction estimated to begin sometime next year. Another big-ticket item in Kentucky Transportation Cabinet updates is the continuation of the improvement and widening of US-150 from Parkway Drive east to the Washington County line. Currently, Bottom says they are still awaiting right-of-way acquisitions and appraisals on properties for the project. The most recent construction phase estimate from 2021 stands at $44 million, Jesse said, 
We will be updating later this year in preparation for a 2024 highway plan. Bottoms estimated it may be another year to year and a half until they've acquired all the land and construction could begin as early as 2025 or 2026 if the funds are in place to complete the project. Next, celebrate the Beatles at the park stage. The Rigby's will be the featured group at this week's presentation of the Edward Jones Summer Concert Series co-sponsored by the Stephen Foster Music Club and the Bardstown Parks and Recreations Department. The series, now in its 21st season of free family-oriented concerts, is held at Bardstown Community Park each Friday at 7 p.m. through Labor Day. The Rigby's are one of the premier Beatles celebration bands in the Midwest. The band members have carefully owned their craft, delivering stunningly accurate recreations of this music. You won't believe your ears. The show is delivered with energetic, entertaining, and captivating enthusiasm that interacts with the audience. You and your guests will find it nearly impossible to sit still or resist singing along. The Rigby's will take you from 1962 up to the present and then back again. You'll get all the many styles of music recorded by the Beatles as a group and as solo artists, rock and roll, balance, dance, swinging 60s sound. With the huge song selection, you can never predict what is coming your way next. Next week's concert will feature the Central Kentucky Concert Band, a large wind band from the Lexington area. In the event of rain, the concert will be held at the Farmer's Market on East Flagey Avenue. New this year, the Stephen Foster Music Club is providing a concession stand with all funds going to provide scholarships to local students to attend the Foster Music Camp at Eastern Kentucky University. This year's summer band concert series is again being underwritten by Edward Jones Investment Agents, Rob Smotherman, Sarah Height, Darren Royal, Nat Jordan, Matt Anderson, Sarah Thomas, and Thomas Rogers. Others making significant donations include a donation in memory of William Franklin, a donation in memory of Hilda Tingle, Drs. Josh and Lindsay Blackman, Cheryl and Keith Board, a bound credit union, BJ Steakhouse, Lincoln National Bank, Town and Country Bank and Trust, J. Allen Insurance, Barlow Funeral Home, Phil and Lynn Bowling, Bill and Kathy Conway, Tim and Lucia Guthrie, Dick and Alice Heaton, and Scarlett Hibbs. This is all the time we have for reading of recent editions of the Kentucky Standard. If you've enjoyed hearing this, please call us at 859-422-6390 and let us know. On behalf of everyone here at Radio Eye, this is Brian Hunt. Thank you for joining me, and now please stay tuned for continuing programming here on Radio Eye.